What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler, just your mic listening to Red Zone Radio and the iHeart Radio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Had a lot of sports over the weekend. UFC, Game 3. Um, uh, let's start with the UFC fight, Conor McGregor. Um, now, I, I really talk about fighting because I feel that I really don't know enough about it to act like I do to talk about it. And I'm not going to talk about the fight. Um, I'm more going to talk about, in specific, Conor McGregor. So, uh, Conor lost that fight Saturday night, and I think we all saw the leg injury. And I, I've talked about this before. There are moments in a franchise's history or in a team's history, and you go broaden that with celebrities and actors and everything, but it, if we're going to stick in the sports world... There are specific moments in a franchise's history or in a specific athlete's history where something doesn't go the way. They lose a specific game. They lose a specific fight. In Connor's situation, it was him versus Mayweather when he lost that fight. He never was the same. He's throwing chairs through windows. You know, There are teams that lose certain games for whatever reason. They're never the same after that game. And this was really the case with Conor's career. He loses that big fight with Floyd Mayweather. It's a giant fight. Everybody's pay-per-view. Everybody's watching it. It Conor lost. And after that fight, he just kind of disappeared for a while. Everybody's like, where's Conor? He's not talking to the media like he normally does. He's not talking about a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. He's not talking like he normally does. And then he comes back and he's talking trash. And he puts on some more fights. And everybody's everybody's like, oh, he's back. But he never really came back. He never was able to get that initial magic that he had back. He he had this personality that whether you liked it or whether you didn't like it, it was entertaining. Whether it was your style or not, it was polarizing. You wanted to watch it. And it, it, you were either watching the fight to root for him because you loved him or you are watching the fight to root against him because you hated him. But one way or another, you were watching the fight. But here's the thing about cockiness. When Johnny Manziel was in college, he was one of the cockiest players we've ever seen, right? But he was so good, and he was so entertaining, and the cockiness added to his kind of added to his personality, kind of added to the game. And you're like, oh, what channel is Texas A&M game on? We were never talking about Texas A&M until Johnny Manziel went there. And and you're watching it, and the coaches are benching him because he's talking too much trash. And the coaches are benching him, and he's getting thrown out of games for talking trash and taunting. But it added to this sort of... It added to Johnny Manziel, and it added to his legacy. But, and that was the plus side of it. That was the good side of him being cocky. Because then when you're good and you're cocky, you got those fans with you. You're like, yeah, he's cocky, but he backs it up. But then we went to the NFL, and he couldn't back up his cockiness, but he was still as cocky as he was in college. Then all of a sudden, you start losing fans. Then all of a sudden, we want to throw you out of the NFL. And then all of a sudden... You don't have anyone backing you up anymore, and you age faster than you have to. We give stars a pass that are humble when they get older and they can't perform like they used to. We give Michael Jordan a pass. We give Drew Brees a pass. We give Peyton Manning a pass. All those guys could not perform. They didn't age as well as a LeBron, but we still give them a pass. Or, or they didn't age as well as a Tom Brady, but we still give Drew Brees and Peyton Manning a pass because we're like, well, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. And I just wonder now, as we get 
as we see Conor McGregor, as we see him sort of struggle more and more, is this going to be the case? And and I understand that he's doing a lot of that for the show and to make money. Because like I said, you're watching the fight. But there is a line, whether it's to make money or not, there is a line. And when you're sitting there on the ground and you have a broken leg, and again, I, I get I get that he's trying to get ratings and trying to make money. But when you're sitting on the ground and you got a broken leg and the guy that just beat you, I, I just feel like that's not the time to start talking trash. That's just not the time. You just take what you got. You take your medicine. You go home. And you, you try training for the next fight. Obviously, he's got a broken leg, so he needs some time to heal. But it just... It, it almost feels like, at this point, Connor just seems a little desperate to keep himself in the news. Uh, Joe Rogan was interviewing him. The way this interview is, is taking place is they're both on the ground. Connor McGregor's on the ground with a broken leg. And Joe Rogan essentially said... He, he was essentially asking him what his broken leg was from. So take a listen to this. believes that one of the kicks that he checked is what broke your leg. It was an out check. It was not one of them I checked. Y'all boys is in me. DMs. Hey, baby. Hit me back on my chat. You let alone. We'll be on the after party. The win no club, baby. You're looking big, you little Mind you, he's sitting there with a broken leg while saying this after just being defeated. I'm not, I'm not anti-Conor McGregor. And I'm not I'm not trying to to say that he should change his personality or anything like that, but it just I just I guess it's just not my style. I would have handled it a little differently. Um and, and we'll have to see what happens with the rest we'll have to see what happens with the rest of his career. But if I'm being honest with you, right now it seems like he's kind of on a on a downward tilt right now. Alright, let's talk about the NBA finals. So the Suns Lose game three, and I'm still picking them in this series. Obviously, that was a must-win for Milwaukee. They lose that game. Their season is pretty much over because they go down 3-0. Um, and Giannis was incredible in that game. And I and I talked about Giannis a couple weeks ago, and I said, and, and I pretty much said I was not fair that he gets criticized because we just don't like the way it looks. Um, you know, there are tons of players that are great that I think we punish just because we don't like the way their style looks. And Giannis, his resume is outstanding. And I still don't think they're going to win this series. But it, it did kind of solidify when I was watching last night. Um, did kind of solidify a thought that I had, which is Dame is a great fit in Milwaukee. I know I said before I don't know I, I don't know how good the fit would be, but I think that team would be great just because I think Dame wants to be the guy, Giannis wants to be the guy. But with me, there's not really a big ego component with Giannis. Yeah, he's got a lot of acc- yeah he's got a lot of acclimates. Um, yeah, he's a great player. Um, but there aren't a lot of, there's not a lot of ego to me. And Dame, although he likes to be the guy, I don't think there's a lot of ego. They're just great, great players. And I think what's funny is when you're watching them, they're both missing. They could both solve what each other is missing on their team. Well, if you're Giannis, you probably want a guard that can, that can pull up from 30 feet out and hit a three every now and again. You want a guard that can be an electric light player. If you're Dame, you probably want a big guy that you can they can toss down to the paint. You want a guy that you can count on if you're not always showing up on the offensive end. And that and that duo in the East just seems unstoppable to me. First of all, the Bucks are already dominating the East with Giannis. 
Dame joins that team. I, I don't think there's a team in the NBA that could beat him. And, and Los Angeles, although that team would be unstoppable, I don't know if the fit's there. It would be an unstoppable team, but I don't know if the fit's there. Dame wants to be the guy. LeBron wants to be the guy. I think Giannis is fine stepping back and saying, you know what, Dame? I'll let you take the ball. I'll let you take the ball. I think Dame's fine with sitting back and saying, you know what, Giannis, take the ball. And, and I don't think you're going to get that with LeBron and Dame just because they're such big players, just because they're such big names. Whereas... With Giannis and Dame, there's not really a history there of of playing each other in big games. Dame and LeBron have played each other in big games. I'm not saying that they would not like each other. I'm just saying I think there's kind of a ego uh, who's the better man there. Giannis and Dame haven't really played each other in big games. They haven't really played each other in, in career-defining games. So I don't think that there's an ego component there. Also, I think they're both, like I said, I think they're just both missing they both have something missing on their team that the other one can solve. And, and in the East would be a step down for Dame as well. Uh, or a step up, I should say, as far as an easier conference. Um, as for the Suns, it wasn't a great game. Devin Booker struggled. And I and I understand people want to bash him for it. I don't really. It, it, players are going to have bad nights. Um, but the thing with Devin Booker is, like I said before, the Suns have. Like, this does not feel like a one-time thing for the Bucks. They play an easy conference. I think they're going to get some players at the end of this year. It feels like they're going to be back. This kind of feels like a one-time thing for the Suns. It feels like this team would not consistently come out of the West. And I'm not saying the Bucks would, but they are in the easier conference. That's just the way that is. It feels like the Suns wouldn't consistently come out of the West. They got a couple breaks in the offseason. And I still think they're going to win the series and they're better than the Bucks. But it does feel like a one-time thing. So I do think that there is a level of urgency that the Suns are going to have the rest of the series that the Bucks aren't going to have, even though the Bucks are down 2-1. Obviously, if the Bucks lose the next game, that series is over. But it's just the Suns don't have a future. They don't have a, a 10-year plan, so to speak. The Bucks have their plan. Giannis is young. Yeah, they got a lot of old guys, but it feels like they can pick up some people in fantasy, and not to mention they play in the East, so it's a lot easier to get through. The Suns don't have a future plan outside Devin Booker. And if De I mean, they do have some other players, but if Devin Booker is struggling, that's your main guy for the future. And if he's struggling, your future is at risk. Chris Paul can't be your future. He's too old. You know, Devin Booker would be your future. And with the leadership of Chris Paul, you hope they could evolve into that. But he's struggling. And if he has nights like that, can you really depend on him to be your future? You can depend on Dan. And you could depend on Trey Young to be your future. And you could depend on these young point guards. So the Cavs obviously are going to trade Colin Sexton, but it looked there for a while that he's going to be their future. Uh, the Lakers are another one of these teams. There are a lot of great teams in the West right now that have talent. And it looks like their window's open for a couple more years, but they just don't feel like they have a great future in plan. LeBron can't be your future. As old as he is. Anthony Davis is too fragile to be future. The Lakers have to start putting pieces in place for the future. I'm not saying always build for the future. We see teams do this all the time. Like Tom Brady is not the Buccaneers' future. He's their future as far as a couple more years. But that's one of those things you have to take in where it's going to enjoy his success while we can. But outside Tom Brady, what's their future plan? And the same with the Lakers. I'm not saying you always have to build for the future. There are things that you can buy now. There are things that you can get now. There are players you can get now where you can be like, okay, I'm gonna, we're just gonna stick with him until he retires, and then we'll figure something out. But I do think it's important if you can sense that something's coming up. Chris Paul's retirement, 
uh, Chris Paul's deal, Tom Brady's retirement, LeBron's retirement. Start kind of peeking around the corner. Start seeing what you can do for the future. I'm not saying get rid of those guys or completely mortgage the future, but just take a look. Obviously, the Packers may have did that a little too early, but that's what they did. They're like, look, Aaron, you get hurt a lot. You're in your 30s. We need to take at least a peek into the future. We need to try to see the future. And in the future, we're going to need a quarterback when you retire, unless you're going to play forever. And and that's why I've kind of been on the Packers' side about the whole thing, is that you need a future. And when you're looking at the Suns, they don't have it. So this feels like a one-time thing. And I think they'll win this series, and I think they'll win the finals. But after that, I don't see a whole lot in the future with the Suns. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.